Yeah, last week, we talked about and heard about Jesus healing people. And the reason why he heals people and he does these miracles is, yes, to bless the person. But ultimately, it's so that that person can experience the power of God in their lives. And the people around can witness and see the power of God manifesting itself here on this earth so that they will come to belief in him. Amen? A miracle that happens in your life, that happens in my life, that happens in somebody else's life is a testimony to the power of God that will draw somebody to himself. Yeah? And we believe. No, we believe. And I say that a couple of times because sometimes we actually don't believe it. We think it could happen. But we have to convince ourselves and have faith in God and say that we believe that God works miracles today by the power of the Holy Spirit to bless people and advance his kingdom. Amen? And so this year, the theme is miracles for this year. Miracles to bring people to Christ. Miracles to showcase the goodness, the majesty, and power of God. And that we're believing for miracles that are going to testify to his power and create new opportunities for, that, for the gospel of Jesus Christ to move throughout the world and move throughout our homes, to move throughout our friend group and our schools and our workplaces. Amen? And so with that theme in mind, we want to continue in looking at another miracle that Jesus performed within uh, the book of John, and this is the feeding of the 5,000. How many of you know the feeding of the 5,000? Yeah? It, one of the interesting uh, facts is that it is, it's the only miracle that is recorded in all of the Gospels. That's pretty cool. It's the only one recorded. And so I started reading it, and they all have the similar and different aspects that were recorded. And you get a great picture, so I encourage you to read all of them as well. So let's read. Let's read John 6. If you have your Bible, open up to it. If you have it on your phone, open up to it. If you can see the screen, I think it's going to be up on the screen. Okay, so John 6, 1 through 15, I'm going to read it fast for you. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples, and now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough to each, uh, to, for each of them to get a little. And one of his disciples, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. And now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. Also, the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments, and nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. And when the people saw the sign that they had done, that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. And then he ran away because they were going to take him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much.
for our time together. We thank you for your scripture. We thank you for your word that is encouraging to us, that is life-giving to us, that is challenging for us. And in this moment and in this time, I pray that your word will begin to challenge us and move us to believe and stretch our faith, to believe for miracles, that you can use us, that you can use little me to perform a miracle in somebody's life that is going to lead them to belief in you. And so we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, speak to us. Amen. You know, Jesus, uh, he went away because he wanted to be alone. He's been ministering. He's been healing the sick. He's been talking to people, teaching people. And he found out that uh, John the Baptist got killed and he needed to get away. And so he, he and his disciples jumped in the boat. They went across and to a desolate place, it said, because he wanted to be alone. People recognized him and ran around the Sea of Galilee to the other side and met him there. What does it say? It said when he saw them coming towards him, he had compassion on them. And it was amazing that he would, in his tired probably grief-stricken state, he still looked at the people as sheep without a shepherd, lost, hurting, broken, hungry, and he had compassion on them and began to heal them and teach them and eventually feeding them. And he did all of that so that they would believe. And that was the outcome, amen? They came to him for their own personal gain. Their own personal gain. And they left completely satisfied in every way possible. I came to God not because I wanted salvation or because uh, I wanted to serve him. It was because I was lost and broken and I needed purpose in my life. I needed to find something. And I thought... I can't find it anywhere that I'm looking right now. This is, the ne- this is the next best thing to try. And I'm thankful that it was the God of the Bible and I didn't find some other God. Because I probably would have went that way. God saved me from that. But I came to him for what I needed. What I wanted. And when I came to belief in him and faith in him, he has been satisfying me over and over and over again that sometimes I can't even express it. Anybody feel like that sometimes with God? When you think back on the things that he's done for you and done in your life and has brought you through, even the things that you've never asked him for that he's just done, the things that you didn't want him to do that he did in your life and you look back and you're like, God, thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. I didn't understand it at the time why this was so hard and why it was difficult and painful, but now I understand what you're trying to do within me. We want to trust in the sufficiency of God's salvation. The salvation of God is sufficient for every area of our lives. Amen? And we have to, and one of the things is that we can recognize that Jesus' miracle of feeding the 5,000, miracle. Five loaves, two fishes. 
Miracle. 12 baskets left over. Miracle. Is a great picture of how Jesus satisfies us. Because in verse 35 of John 6, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, that whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is saying, come to me, and I will satisfy you. I will fill every need in your life. I will fill every hole of your heart. I will heal every wound that you have gotten over the years. I will heal every wound that you will get. I will fill every hole that will come. I will satisfy you. I will provide for you. That's what he's saying to us. And I'm so thankful that he is offering this opportunity to come to him, to be fulfilled, to be satisfied in every way possible. Amen? But it's not just so that we can live a good life. God wants to satisfy you and fulfill you, not for you. It's not for you. Not for you. It's not for me. It's for everybody else around you. God didn't bless Abraham and the Israelites and as his people just for the sake of it. He did it for a purpose. It's so that they would be a blessing to the nations of the world. Amen? God is going to fulfill you and satisfy you and make you whole so that you can in turn bring somebody else to Jesus so that they can be made whole, so that they can be fulfilled and they can be satisfied. God does these things in our lives not, for our own, not just for our own sake. It's for other people. It's for other people. The, the five loaves and two fish, there's a boy, right? Andrew found this boy, brought him, brought him over and said, there's this boy with five loaves and two fish, but what is this among so many? That was a very small, very generous action of that young boy. Yeah? Because it said that it was, it was getting late. It was time to eat. They traveled. They ran from their town to meet him on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They ran to meet him. So they were nowhere near home. And it was time to eat. And he had food. And he was able to offer it up. This small action, this small gift, and put it in Jesus' hands. And a miracle came about. He fed 5,000 plus, 5,000 plus. There's probably more because it was just men that they kind of numbered. There's more. They fed them all with five loaves. This generous action was a seed to that miracle. And that miracle led people to believe in Christ. It changed their lives. Amen? You have a seed. You have a seed to a miracle that if you would give whatever it is, whether it be a canned good, a few bucks, maybe a lot of bucks, 
an actual buck to feed somebody. I don't know, whatever it may be. You have something, something small, a seed that you can give to God and say, God, I have this and I want to use it for your glory. I want to use it for your kingdom. Take it. Here it is. I place it in your hand and God is going to take that and he's going to make a miracle out of it so that he can change somebody's life. Amen? It's easy to think of it like that. It, it, there's no pressure now. It's not on you. It's all on what God can do. It's all on what Jesus is going to do with what you have, the little that you have, that small, generous seed that turns into a miracle, that changes lives and provides opportunity for the gospel to be shared. If each of us plant some sort of seed like that, man, let's change the world, amen? One of the, so the disciples were standing around, and we want to kind of paint this picture because I, I, I love the contrast between the disciples. So they're standing around Jesus, and Jesus, he just got finished ministering to the people. It's late. They're hungry. The people are hungry. And Jesus asks, how are we going to feed these people? How are we going to feed these people? He turns to uh, Philip, and he asks, how, how are we going to feed these people? And Philip goes, we don't have enough money. Even this much money would only give people a little bit, and it's not going to satisfy them. However, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm pretty sure all the disciples were around. Andrew hears this, and this guy, like, we need food? Okay, let's go find food. And so he starts searching for food amongst the 5,000 people. Hey, I can see him. Hey, anybody got food? Food, food, anybody? Anybody got food to share? It's this little boy. I got food. Come here, come here. What do you have? Five loaves, two fish. Come, let's go. Comes to Jesus. Says, Jesus, we, we got some food. We got food. But it's not enough. But this is all I could find. And Jesus goes, good. Have him sit. Have him sit down. Doesn't, doesn't skip a beat. Jesus says, have him sit down. I'll take it. Gives thanks for the bread and the fish. Passes out. Everybody eats to their fill. To their fill. Man. In the presence of God, what is little becomes a miracle. What is little becomes much. Amen. In, where is it? 10 to 13. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, 5,000 numbered. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so that, and also the fish. And as much as they wanted, and when they had eaten their fill, they gathered up the leftover fragments, and 12 baskets remained. Our small acts of generosity, in the same way, our small acts have powerful, powerful impact when we give it to God. Powerful impact when we give it to God. 
God can take our small offerings and multiply them to do great things, just like he did with the five loaves and two fish. It's important for us to recognize the power of God. Yeah? How to recognize it. Sometimes we glaze over it. We glaze over it. But the power of God is real and it's moving and it's active. And we, and he's encouraging us to trust in him. To trust in what he can do with the little that we have. Or even much. And some of us have a lot to give. Some of us have skill sets and finances and opportunities, businesses that we could utilize for the kingdom of God. These, and these are big things that can be used. A lot of us have small things. We don't have the big things to make that really big impact and that big difference. But it's not based on what you have. It's based on what God can do with what you have. Amen. Mark 4, 26 to 29 and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he sleeps and he rises at night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. And the earth produces it by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the, in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Our generous actions are seeds. Our moments of prayer with somebody or sharing of the goodness of God or testimony in our lives of what God has done for us to somebody else. Those are seeds that are planted, seeds that are planted, and it's just going to produce fruit, not because of anything you do, but because of God. I have a small garden at our house. Mickey wanted a garden, so I said, okay, let's build a garden. She wanted it for her, not her garden. It's my garden now. My garden. I, I labor in that small garden. <laughs> and so we planted uh, bell pepper, tomato, and of course I asked her what she wanted. So it's my garden. I tend it, but she decides what's in the garden. Okay, so we put tomato, eggplant, uh, green onion, and some cilantro and basil. And I was just kind of amazed by how much it grew. And so we were, we were getting uh, some bell peppers. And we grew them from seeds, too. It was kind of cool. I got to watch the whole process. And then I started uh, towards the end because the plant kind of dies. It doesn't last the whole time. It gets old and starts producing less. So as the plant started producing less, I took one of the bell peppers and I opened it up and I sprinkled the seeds in the soil and then I started getting more. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I don't think I have to buy seeds ever again. <laughs> this is great. And then I started burying other things. So I buried a guava and then that thing just like sprouted a hundred little sprouts. I was getting all excited. I don't know what I'm gonna do with a guava tree. I don't even have room for a guava tree. If you've been to my house, it's a concrete jungle. There's no, there, there, there's no dirt anywhere except for the front part, which is where we park our turtle cars. So we can't use that area. So we have uh, that growing. I, I buried a, 
a mango from the neighbor's house, that started sprouting. I buried a, uh, a papaya, that just like a thousand seedlings started spreading. It was just amazing. But as a picture of what God does with like our small little gifts and the seeds that we sow in people's lives, that we just bury it and we throw it in the ground and we throw it at somebody's face or we throw it in their heart. I don't know how you do it. What, maybe you just got to force them into a hug or force them into a conversation where you sit down and you tell them that, hey, you are not a failure. You're not a failure. God loves you and he cares for you. It's like, whatever it may be, planting a seed, maybe it's giving somebody a, a few bucks for a bus ride. Seeds are being planted and God is going to grow it and it's going to produce a change in somebody's life and a harvest in somebody's life. Amen. We don't have to concern ourselves with how it happens. It just happens. So be generous in scattering seeds. These seeds of miracles. Amen. Be generous so that we can reap a harvest of souls for the kingdom. If Andrew focused on what they didn't have, the lack of food, what do you think would have happened? Do you think he would have been searching? Because it didn't say anybody else went out looking for people who had food. It was one person. Everybody else may have been thinking, I don't know about this. I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe they're thinking, oh, maybe we should just send them away. Give them something. Give them a little money. I don't know. But Andrew, if he was focused on the lack of what they didn't have, there's a possibility that that miracle would not have happened. Because when we focus on our lack, we sometimes miss opportunities to give God what little that we have that is going to bring about something amazing and great. We've got to break those chains of lack. Break the chains of lack that hinder us, hinder our ability that, to give what we have to God. Because sometimes we feel like, I ain't got a lot. I don't have a lot. God, what are you going to do? I can't do anything. I can't make a difference with this. I can't do it. And so we shy away from giving God what we have. And allowing him to do a work with it. Because we focus on what we don't have. If only I had more money, then I could give more. If only I knew a little bit more, had a better skill set, then I could help that lady change her tire. Or if I just knew more about some electrical stuff, I could help Auntie with her outlets. Our... Focus on lack hinders us sometimes from just from going out and spreading a seed that can lead somebody to Christ. Second Corinthians eight twelve says, "For the readiness is for if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what the person has, not according to what he does not have." 
If the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has. It is acceptable to what you have, what I have, not what you don't have and what I don't have. If your heart is ready to give, if your heart is looking to sow, if your heart is looking to bless and to heal and to teach the things of God in people's lives, what you have is acceptable. You guys know the pay it forward, pay it forward uh, thing? What is that phrase? Yeah, anybody? Only two, three? Like, I feel like more people kind of know it, right? You, you guys know how it started? It was it was after 9/11. This guy in uh, in New York named Tom Jarvis. He just wanted to pay for the coffee for the person behind him. And then it just started this huge movement across the world to just bless somebody behind you. We, we were at Tamura's uh, the other day, and the cashier kind of accidentally rang uh, the lady's milk with our order. And then uh, Mickey just goes, just leave it. And I was about to just wait there and let the lady call the manager over to take it off our bill. <laughs> I'm like, sitting, I'm just waiting. <laughs> and she's, on the, she's getting on the phone <laughs> to, call, to call the manager to get it taken off of our, of our bill <laughs> so that the lady could pay for it. I'm just waiting there. It's just silent, not saying anything. And Mickey goes, I'll just leave it. I was like, yeah, yeah, just leave it, just leave it. I, just, I jump on the bandwagon with that one. I wasn't even thinking about that. But I, I love that about, about my wife. She's so generous. I'm Chinese. I'm, <laughs> come on. Dude, where am I Chinese at? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm Chinese. My wife is so generous with things like that, and we fight all the time. Like, oh, that's too much, too much money. It's like, it's just money. You're right. You get put in my place all the time. <laughs> Yeah. But paying it forward, that it's, it's highlighting these small acts of kindness, small acts of kindness. It just creates this huge ripple effect, amen? And so as Christians, as Christians now, love God, disciples of God, following him, trying to be obedient to the word, amen? Like we want to look for these opportunities to be open to have it on our radar when we go out, and I'm super guilty of this. When I'm by myself, like, I don't want to have to deal with people sometimes. So my radar is turned off. The f switch is off, okay? And I walk into a situation, and my mind is just blank, okay? I'm not looking for it all the time. And so this was really convicting for me. Because now, if I had my switch on, my radar switch on, and I'm looking, and I'm always looking, no matter where I go, if I'm going out to the store, 
that I'm looking for somebody, an opportunity where I could be a blessing to somebody. Where I could pay it forward in a God way. You know what I mean? Pay it forward in a God way through prayer, praying for somebody and paying for their groceries or just giving somebody an encouraging word. Imagine that ripple effect for God. Amen? And it's not just kindness now. Now we're throwing salvation into the picture. We have a ripple effect of salvation happening down the line. But I really believe that we're going to be amazed if we keep our radar on and we think about that, that we're going to be amazed at the blessings that come from them. The miracles that can take place in people's lives if we're just open and willing to be used by God in the most spontaneous and inconvenient moments ever. Was it convenient for Jesus to minister to 5,000 people? No. Was it comfortable? Probably not. He wanted to get away from people. He was done with people for the day. He needed a break. And what do the people do? They follow him. I have two kids now. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to get away. <laughs> and so you run into your room, close the door thinking that you're away, and they notice you walking away. <laughs> Daddy! <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I'm lying down. Leave me alone, please. <laughs> I need a snack. <laughs> Mickey knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> we take turns. We give each other breaks. <laughs> but in those most inconvenient times, I turn around and, and I hug my kids. When I'm prepping for a message and I'm like dialed in, like on the screen, just... And I hear this little knock on the door. Daddy, what are you doing? Are you done yet? Are you still working? Yes. Come here. <laughs> Opens the door, comes inside. And then I start telling her what I'm doing. I just share with her what I'm, what I'm reading and things like that. Those are seeds getting planted in her life that I'm believing that God is going to grow something great in her. My prayer every night is that Zemi and Zakai are going to go further, higher, faster, stronger than we, than we have gone that I can be a springboard and a platform that they can stand on my shoulders. I don't ever want to hinder that from them. If I ever hinder them from learning about God, man, I'd be so mad at myself. It's <laughs> a lot of seeds. I... <laughs> There's a lot of seeds that I plant in my family. Man. 
Ecclesiastes 5.19, sometimes we get so frustrated with our situations, financial, work, relational, whatever it may be. This was really encouraging for me when I, when I read this uh, during my, my quiet times one time. It says, uh, 5.19, Ecclesiastes, everyone also is to whom God, to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, that this is the gift of God. God has given us each a lot, an allotment. Power, possessions, wealth. He he has given it to us to enjoy. And we need to accept it. (laughs) We get so frustrated and angry about our situation. What if we just accepted our situation and asked and just given it, gave it to God. To God, this is all I have. You've given it to me. What do I do? What do I do? How do I make the best of it? How can I find joy in this? How can I make you my joy? How can I make your joy my strength? Amen? Right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. How can I do that? And when we focus on our lack and what we don't have or what we wish we could have had, that hinders us from being thankful for the things that God has already given us and prevents us from stepping out in faith and seeing God move. Anybody guilty of that? I am. God's sufficient salvation is one for us to become whole, satisfied, fulfilled, encouraged, strengthened, all of that good stuff so that we can therefore be a blessing to everybody else around us so that they can know the goodness of God, so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? The sufficiency of God's salvation is huge in our lives. Because we are satisfied in every area of our lives when we come, come to God and we trust in him and we follow him wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. In every area of our lives. Hard to do, but totally worth it. Hard to do, totally worth it, amen? I want to read, read something from The Divine Mentor. Anybody ever read that book? Uh, Wayne Cordero? Anybody? One, two, maybe three. I see somebody like, me, me, I did. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yes. So in the book, the question is asked, and he answers this question, why is it important to do devotions every day? Why is it important to do devotions every day? And this is what he writes. He says, what if God traded our eyes for his? What if by divine dispensation that we were allowed to see things through his eyes? To see not as man sees, but as he sees. What if we were granted a momentary metamorphosis and saw people's true spiritual condition? Would we be heartbreaking or heartlifted? at what we saw. 
would be sad or surprised in anguish or in awe. What if we could see not how we look to one another, but how we look to God? What would happen if we could pray in faith a prayer like that of Elijah regarding his servant? Oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Doing devotions every day helps us to see like God sees, to think like God thinks, to feel like God feels, to love like God loves. Doing devotions every day does that for us. It makes those things a reality in our lives so that we can begin to look at our lives with gratitude. To think that we have something to give. That you have something to give. That as you place it in the Lord's hands, that he's going to do something amazing with it. No matter how big or small it may be. I'm going to talk about, uh, <laughs> so I asked Jared if he could come up and share. And we were going back and forth. And he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but, he said, but, I'll give you my answers. <laughs> and you can share them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share what he shared with me. And then I'm going to have. Uh, I asked him two things. I said, uh, why, why did you have a desire uh, to get into the Bible and to jump into it? Okay? And, it was and this is what he said. I'm just, I love it. He said he wants to be a, a scriptural ninja like the rest of the pastors. <laughs> that was awesome. But he said it's God's word. It's the truth. That having scripture etched in our heart helps you navigate the, the complexities of life. That the Bible goes against everything the flesh wants, but obedience to believe in our job and the outcome, and the outcome is his. God wants to have a personal relationship with us, and one of the ways that to be intimate with God is to get into the word. If we're just churchgoers on Sunday, but don't get into groups to be held accountable, and don't read the Bible, and don't pray, and don't receive guidance, and we'll start to let our feelings, emotions, desires override what Scripture says. And if our lifestyle isn't backed up by the gospel, then we follow self, not Christ. And he didn't want to come up and share that. <laughs> so good. And he just went out and bought... Two new Bibles. He bought a, a study Bible and a reference Bible. And I asked him, like, what prompted you to do that? One was because he wants to get more into the Word. But, he's, but he said that he, while he was reading a normal Bible, sometimes he wouldn't get anything out of it. And so his heart wasn't really in, mo in it most of the time because he wasn't getting enough out of it. 
And then he kept doing it out of the sacrifice or being religious. And then during the fast, he realized that sometimes he rationalizes this uh, relationship and not religion. And he needed to examine how I treat my worldly relationships. Because ultimately, those same aspects trickle into my relationship with Christ. That was cool. And if I ignore texts with friends, I'll ignore it when I'll ignore uh, when God wants to talk and not read the word. Do I put my family on the back burner for other things? Then I will tend to put idols before God. When the when tough relation uh, when oh even though relationships is the main goal, I realized I needed to have some ingredients of religion. I needed to pray religiously. I needed to read the word religiously because if I desire intimacy, I need consistency. So by doing so, it kept me disciplined in that area and not giving in to distractions. So after the fast, I wanted to be more intentional in reading the Bible. And I asked myself, what is something else that, <clears throat> that's intricate? And I thought about stocks. And just like reading a chart when trading stocks, I use indicators to better understand what I'm looking at. So I looked into Bibles that had indicators. Huh. To help me get to the context of the get the context of the book. I comprehended the heart of the author uh, to understand the fluency of the verses, to, to appreciate the details and character of the God we serve. So I came across study Bibles and reference Bibles, bought those and began to read. Having the word on our heart prepares you to deal with the complexities of everyday life. I love that. He's growing in his relationship with God. He's growing in his faith. Where just the, just the surfacey, just the milk isn't good enough anymore. He needed the meat to dive into scripture more. Amen? Oh, it's so good. Our soaping challenge is a super fun way to get us into the word. It's to kickstart, okay? Kickstart our daily devotional life. Amen? Because through it, we will become more like Christ. Yeah? I love it. Where, where's Kamale? So they, give Kamale a hand. She, she's in high school, and her parents forced her to soap. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, we're going to ask her to share. Because this, this is... If you haven't soaped before, sometimes these are very personal, and they're deep. And so she, she makes this comment, I have to find one that's church appropriate. <laughs> but any, any one of them is church appropriate because God's working on us. Amen? And that's when we can be super vulnerable to God. Yeah? In those quiet times. So can you share with us? Yeah, so first, I was really trying to find a soap. I was back there, and I was flipping through my day, and I was like, I don't know what to do. So Shalise, she goes, okay, close your book pray, open it to something. I was like, okay. So I did that, and this is what, this is what came up. <laughs> um, my scripture was, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's Matthew 5, 4. My observation of that is um, mourning is a way of going through pain instead of trying to jump around it. Being blessed comes after the mourning, and instead of avoiding the pain, God will comfort us through it. And my application was, I need to stop trying to find paths around my problems and instead go through them. I need to rip off the Band-Aid because God will comfort me 
for the hard parts. And then my prayer is, dear God, thank you for a normal, this is like after a day, so. Dear God, thank you for a normal but fun day. Thank you for paddling and the joy it's brought to my life. Please lead me through my trials and tribulations because your will, your will is my will. Amen. Thank you. So now that everybody here has heard her application, we can ask her if she's going around her problems or if she's going through them. Thank you. Yeah, you give her a hand. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about application. It's about application of the word in our lives. Not just hearing it. We don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. Amen? Because that's where the change happens in our lives. When we implement and apply the things that we learn and read within the word of God into our lives. That's where the change happens. It doesn't just come willy-nilly. It's not like the matrix where you can just plug the thing into the back of your head, like how Elon Musk wants to do, it puts chips in people's heads. But we don't, it just doesn't happen like that. It's a process of implementing and applying the word of God in our lives that changes us and moves us to be more like him. Amen? So I encourage you, soap challenge, get into your word, love it, and enjoy it, and apply the word to your lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for our time here. We thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for salvation. We thank you, Jesus, that you saved us, that you came to earth and you died the death that, that we should have died and you lived the life that we should have lived and that you rose again, proving that you're the son of God and that you're gonna come back. We thank you, Lord, that that made a way for us to be with you to have relationship with you. And in this relationship with you, that we are 100% fulfilled and satisfied in you. Help us to stop looking at our lack and to look to you for our provision, to look to you for what we have and to be thankful and, and grateful for the good things you've done in our lives and the things that you've given us. And to think and change our mindset as we jump into your word and as we uh, have a, a life of devotion to you, Lord, that we will be changed and transformed from the inside out, that our eyes will be changed and our hearts will be changed and our minds will be changed so that we can be more like you. That we will be always looking and always ready and always have compassionate compassion up for the lost for those who are sheep without a shepherd, for those who are broken and hurting and in pain, who are prisoners and in bondage, that you will transform our hearts and minds and eyes to see those things and to have a heart to give what little we have or what much we have and place it in your hands so that you can perform a miracle and lead people to yourself. So we thank you and praise you for every person here. Go before us, prepare our hearts, and encourage us this week to step out and to be generous in planting seeds, miracles. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a great week.